Hey guys, welcome to the weekly podcast of Encounter Church, Sedalia, Missouri. It's our prayer that this message is a blessing and an encouragement to your life. If you want more information about Encounter Church, please go to our website, encounterchurch.ag. Thanks again. Enjoy the message. Part three of a series that we're simply calling The Long-Awaited Hope. And I don't know about you, but that sums up 2020. I mean, it's the long-awaited hope. We're waiting for hope. We're waiting for something. We're waiting for a resolution. We're waiting for something to step in and say, all's going to be okay. And we kind of see that happening in the Old Testament. We're looking last week and this week at a period of time, not your typical Christmas story of Mary and Joseph and the baby in the manger and the shepherds and the wise men and all the chaos that went around Bethlehem that day, but we're going back about 700 years to a time when the prophet Isaiah was sharing about the long-awaited hope or the coming of the Messiah. They waited around 700 years for this promise to be fulfilled. Now Isaiah spoke of Jesus' arrival in a time when the people for the last hundred years had known nothing but chaos, no peace, no resolution. The northern kingdom of Israel had been in a constant state of war because of the rebellion and the disobedience that the people had against God. Over and over, God, because he is a gracious and merciful God, he sent prophets to them to give them warning. But time and time again, they ignored the prophets' words. And oftentimes, they even killed the prophets themselves. One bit of hopelessness, one bit of unrest after another. That's what life was like in the time when Isaiah made this great prophecy of the coming of Jesus. I want to take a look at that in its completion like I did last week. I want to read all of it and then we're going to break it apart the remaining portion. Isaiah chapter 9 beginning at verse 2 says this, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in the land of deep darkness a light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel and his people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest and like warriors dividing the plunder. For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift their heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod, just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. The boots of the warrior and the uniforms bloodstained by war will be burned. They will be fuel for the fire. For unto us is born today, a son is given. The government will rest upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's army will make it happen. I want to go just two verses to the very beginning of chapter 9. And here is our text for today as it was last week. It says, Nevertheless, 
The time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. I want to repeat that some of you need to open up your Bibles this morning. Some of you need to open up your Bible app this morning. You need to highlight this scripture. Some of you need to post this on your bathroom mirror so it's the first thing you see in the morning. This time, regardless what's going on, nevertheless, the time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. Guess what, folks? 2020, this chaos, this disunity, this, this fear, this division, all the things that we're experiencing in our culture, in our society, in our lives today, it will not go on forever. Amen. Why? Amen. For unto us is born a child. Because hope is here. Because our long-awaited hope, our Messiah, has come for us. Very quickly this morning, I want to recap the first three of our revelations, and then I'm going to give you the final three today. Number one was this. There is a light amidst the darkness. Isaiah said it this way, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. I don't know about you, but that's so encouraging to me. Because sometimes we see our situation, sometimes we see where we are, and we think, man, I'm just too far gone. There's just no hope in sight, complete darkness. There's a separation in my life, and we fear that we're all alone. But can I just tell you today, for those of you that walk around in the darkness of light, in the darkness of, of what you're experiencing right now, there is a light available. Amen. In fact, the Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter 2 that we're not called to stay in darkness. Look at your neighbor this morning and say, get out of the dark. You don't have to stay in darkness. Maybe you're here and you feel like that's what you deserve. You deserve darkness because you've messed up too many times. But can I just tell you, that's not what God has for you. Jesus has come to be the light of the world. We're called to step out of the darkness, but to step into his marvelous light. Here's the thing I love about God. He always not only gives us a way out, but gives us a new destination. And so with Jesus, when he stepped on the scene, suddenly there was a change. Suddenly something happened. This despair, this struggle, this problem that they had been in. Now Jesus steps in and says, I brought hope. So you step out of the darkness. I brought you light. Step into my marvelous lights. Number two, there's a release for bondage. Verse four says, you will break the yoke of slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. What is it today that you have found yourself bound to? 
What is it today that you are struggling with? What is it today that's, that's weighing you down, that's pressing you down? Whatever that is, God is ready. Jesus has come to lift that burden from your shoulder. He's ready today to give you release. Number three, there is victory available over Satan. There's victory available over Satan. The Bible says that greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. So if we have in us, you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have him dwelling in you, the victor is in you, then the Bible says that we are more than conquerors, not because of what we can do on our own, not because of what we can accomplish by ourselves, but because of the one that is in us. He will break the yoke. And in verse 4, you will break the oppressor's rod, just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. Because Jesus has set you free, the rod of the oppressor is no longer holding you down. You're not bound to the urges of that old lifestyle anymore. Instead, you're called to live a new life, to be a new creation in him. Number four, Jesus is given for all. Revelation number four, Jesus is given for all. In verse six, the prophet Isaiah says, for a child is born to us, a son is given. Now we're gonna talk about Jesus in just a moment because Isaiah goes on to give us his name. He shall be called. We're gonna process through this. But right now, grab a hold of this. Jesus is came. Why did he come? Did he come just so we have a baby in a manger and have a, a cute little song to sing? No. He came to be your long-awaited hope. What does that mean in your life today? Think about that. What does it mean that for unto us, for unto Chris, for unto Bob, for unto Sally, a child is given. What does it mean that Jesus has come for us? We've got to grab it in full context. Look at John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, he sent Jesus, right? For unto us a child is born. He sent Jesus, his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish in other words, should not have spiritual separation for all time. That's not meaning that we won't die physically because the Bible's very clear that every one of us has an appointed time in which we will die. Our bodies wear out. Anybody feeling that this morning? All those over 40 said amen. amen. Our bodies wear out, but the good news is with a relationship with Jesus, our spiritual life is alive. For the wages of sin is death, that's separation. But the free gift of God is eternal life. Where? Through Jesus Christ. That baby that was born, that was laid in the manger, that was wrapped in strips of cloth that the shepherds came to find with excitement, that the, the, the wise men followed the star to find this child, this same child came with the sole purpose 
of giving his life so that we could receive forgiveness, so that you could receive forgiveness and ultimately eternal life in heaven. If you haven't accepted Jesus Christ, let me just tell you this morning, he's come for you. Oh, pastor, you don't, you don't know my life. I don't, but he does. Amen. And quite honestly, it doesn't matter if I do. His opinion is the one that matters. Amen. And he loved you so much that he was willing to endure life, struggles, pain, and ultimately death. For you. For God so loved you. You you can put your name in there. For God so loved you that he sent his one and only son. That if you would just accept him as your savior, if you'll just receive him, you won't have to spiritually be separated, but you'll have an eternal connection, eternal life in heaven with God. For unto us a child is born. Revelation number five today, Jesus came to be our everything. Jesus came to be our everything. Now this particular revelation is the one that I want to hang out on the longest this morning. There's a lot in this Scripture. There's a lot in verse, the latter portion of verse 6 that we've got to process through today because I believe we've got to truly understand what Jesus came to be. You see, we know the story of Christmas. Many of us know the story of Easter, but there's a lot of stuff that happens in between all of that. There's a lot of reasons, a lot of reasons for his existence of why Jesus came. And Isaiah says in the latter portion of verse 6, And his name shall be called Wonderful. Oh, that's good. His name shall be called Counselor. His name shall be called Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I want to take the time this morning to look at each one of these names that he shall be called. Number one, he shall be called wonderful. Wonderful means extraordinary, admirable, a miracle of God. That's what Jesus came to be for you and for me today. He's come to be our miracle from God, to pay the price that nothing else could ever pay, to do what no one else could ever do. Jesus paid that price by his death and resurrection. What a game changer that was for us. I'm reminded of another story in the Old Testament the story of Moses. Moses goes to Egypt and he's going to talk to Pharaoh to have the Israelite children released from slavery. They've been enslaved by the Egyptians and a lot of goes on. There's a lot of famine, a lot of um, different problems and struggles that go on. But finally, the Israelite children are released and they begin to flee. But the Egyptian army begins to follow them. They get to the Red Sea and here's the problem. When they get to the Red Sea, they can't cross. 
So God steps in and causes the water to be parted and they walk across on dry land. And when they get to the other side, the Israelite children begin to sing a song of deliverance. It's found in Exodus chapter 15. And in that scripture, in that song, they say this, who is like you among the gods, O Lord? Glorious in holiness, awesome in splendor, performing great wonders. Who is like you among all gods, lowercase g gods, O Lord? Now, if you look at the context of that scripture, it's sandwiched between so many words of affirmation and words of glory of who God is. It says he has triumphed gloriously. He's my strength. He's my song. He's given me victory. The Lord is a warrior for me. His right hand is glorious in power. There's greatness in majesty. Your unfailing love, you lead me. You redeem me. You redeem your people. And right in the middle of all of those words, they make this declaration, who is like you among the gods? Oh Lord, you're glorious. Glorious in holiness. Awesome in splendor. Performing great wonders. I wonder this this morning. How wonderful is God to you? Or have we just gotten comfortable? We come into church, we punch the religious time card, we go about our week and church just becomes another thing. Is he truly wonderful to you? His name shall be called Wonderful. Isaiah goes on to say his name shall be called Counselor. This is one that gives us vice. It's one that, that consults us or that we consult. It's one that gives us guidance or even shows us a purpose. Jesus is our wonderful Counselor. He understands what we experience in life. After all, he entered this world as a, a little baby in a manger And oftentimes we think, well, he's fully God. He didn't really experience what we experienced. Can I just tell you, I believe he did. He was fully God, but he was also fully man. He faced the struggles of life. They're maybe a little different in some contexts what we experience today, but still struggles. In fact, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, that he was tempted in every way just as you and I are, and yet he did not sin. Jesus gets it. Jesus knows what we go through. He understands the struggles that we face. If you need wisdom today, if you need counsel today, I want you to know that Jesus has come for you. He shall be called Wonderful Counselor. So I wonder this Christmas season, 
What sort of guidance do you need? Now, I believe that, that the use of professional uh, counselors is vitally important. Don't misunderstand me here. We need that. They're, they're a wonderful attribute to life, a wonderful assistant to life. But how much more do we need the guidance of Jesus? I challenge you in this season as we reflect on the fact that he is to be called Wonderful Counselor, that you take the time to seek after him, seek his wisdom. He promises us in the book of James, if we need wisdom, all we need to do is ask, and he'll give out of his abundance. What sort of wisdom do you need? Maybe you need help with relational issues. Maybe you're having financial struggles. Why not turn to Jesus today? Maybe it's time management issues or health issues. Whatever it is, I want you to know that the ultimate counselor, Jesus, is ready for you. Why not consult his word? Why not dive in to the Bible, spend time dissecting the Word of God. Well, pastor, I'm not much of a reader. I don't read real well. Then get the Bible app and let it read to you. Amen. Man, there are so many, so many things that we can dive into today. In fact, when I'm doing my Bible reading, I not only have it read it to me, I follow along. So now I'm hearing it and I'm seeing it, so I'm retaining at a higher rate than just one or the other. I would encourage you, dissect the Word of God. Spend time in prayer. Jesus is ready today to walk with you. In fact, in 1 Peter chapter 5, it says this, that we can cast our cares upon him. Why? Because he loves us. Because he cares about us. See, over and over and over in the Bible, you're going to find the fact of this, that Jesus loves you. I remember as a kid, we used to sing the song, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the what? Bible tells me so. Jesus loves me. And we would sing that over and over and over, and we would instill that in our hearts. I challenge some of you, you need to go back to childhood. You need to remember the fact that Jesus Loves you. How do you know? Because the Bible tells you so. For God so loved you. That while you were still messing up, that Jesus loved you so much that he gave his life on the cross of Calvary. That we can cast our cares upon him because he cares about us. He's our wonderful counselor. Thirdly, he shall be called mighty God. The word mighty God or that phrase, it's a strong champion. It's a warrior. It means hero. This helpless little baby in a manger is mighty. The word suggests strong in battle, like a conquering war hero. Jesus has come to be your hero and my hero. Christmas is all about a, a new strength, 
a greater strength that is available to us, a divine strength, a mighty God. Jesus is the one who triumphed over sin, death, and the grave for you. Listen to this promise, Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. Don't be afraid. Okay, listen carefully. Some of you need to let that sink in this morning because you have done nothing but walk around in fear in the year 2020. You have been scared to death in 2020. Maybe it's because of finances. Maybe you lost your job and you're trying to figure out how to make ends meet. Maybe it's because of the pandemic and you're just afraid that you're going to catch this and, and you're vulnerable in, in your body and your immune system. You know, whatever it happens to be, you're just struggling. You're walking in fear. Isaiah says here, and talking about God is speaking, he says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. God is with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. Let me say that again. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Man, I talked about it last week. As little kids, in those moments, the middle of the night, when we heard that noise, what did we do? We ran to mom and dad's room because we knew that if we can just get in the presence of mom and dad, then everything would be okay, right? Why not, in this time of fear, why not step into the presence of your heavenly Father? Don't be afraid, for I, for God, is with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. God promises to be our strength. God promises to help us. He promises to raise us up, to lift us up, to move us out of the muck and the mire of life and move us to a brand new place with him. Where do you need strength this Christmas season? Maybe it's emotional strength just to keep walking through the difficult days. Maybe you need physical strength just to get out of bed in the morning. You see, that strength, it's available to every one of us today. When our physical strength seems to falter, when we're ready to throw in the towel and just give up, God says, don't be afraid. I'm with you. Don't be discouraged. I'm your God. I'll strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. God says, I've got your back. I'll walk with you through this. And you, his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. Begin to think about that phrase, Everlasting Father. And it simply means continuous existence without end. He is our protection. I'm reminded of the compassionate love, the compassionate care and provision that he offers time and time and time again. Why? Because he is the perfect father figure. Some of you in the house, you grew up in a home where 
your earthly father figure wasn't a very good example. Kind of led you astray, hurt you. Can I just tell you, that's not how my God is. God, by definition, is a God of love. God loves you. And here's the deal. He loves you too much to allow you to stay the way you are. So he gave us Jesus, this baby in a manger, as a way of escape or a way of of life change in him. You see, prior to Jesus coming, the, the priest had to make sacrifices. And they would sacrifice, you name it, you know, animals or, or birds or whatever. And, and they would also have a, a scapegoat that they would put all the sins on this goat and they would shoo the goat out. The goat would run away with all the sins. The problem is, next time around, they'd have to do it all over again. But when Jesus came on the scene, Jesus paid the price once for all. Jesus paid the ultimate price for us. Why? Because his love endures forever. He shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This is the one that some of you have been waiting for this morning. Prince of Peace. This means he's the chief, the ruler of rulers, the leader of completeness, of soundness. He is the leader, the chief of ultimate rest. When is the last time that you really walked around with complete peace in your life? Think about that. Some of you remember the moment when all chaos broke loose in your life, when all unrest came in. When is the last time that you walked around in complete, ultimate rest? That's what Jesus came to offer. In fact, Jesus was preparing his disciples for his departure back to heaven when he shared these words in John 14. I am leaving you with the gifts. Now who's saying this? Jesus. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So the Prince of Peace is saying, I'm going to leave you with the gift, peace of mind and heart. How can he offer peace of mind and heart? Because he is the prince of peace. He is the ruler of rulers, of completeness, of soundness, of rest. It's all in his hands. He says, I'm going to leave you with something that's going to help you in the struggles and the turmoil and the strife of life. Peace of mind and heart And the peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Here's the interesting thing about this peace that Jesus offers. It's completely different than the peace that the world can offer. Oh, the world's going to try to give you peace. 
But truth be told, it will last for a season and then turmoil strikes again. This particular word for peace is the Hebrew word shalom. It conveys not only a lack of conflict, but get this, but also complete health, well-being, prosperity, happiness, and wholeness. Come on, that's good stuff right there. That should have caused somebody to get a little bit excited. The peace that Jesus offers isn't a temporary peace. It's a peace that has complete health and well-being and prosperity and happiness and holiness. That's what Jesus came to be this Christmas season for you and for me. Complete wholeness, complete health, complete fulfillment of him. It's something the world can never comprehend. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And this brings us to our final revelation this morning, number six. God will always Fulfill his promises. Let me say that again. God will always fulfill his promises. Verse 7, the latter portion, it says, The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's army will make this happen. I want you to know that if God says it, he will do it. Every single time. I guarantee it today. God will never let you down. He is always right on schedule. Many of us sing the song as kids. Every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line. Do you remember that song? Every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line. But I begin to think about that song, and truth be told, not necessarily is every promise for me. Some of you are like, what? Some of them were specifically for the children of Israel. But what I can hold on to is this. This promise for unto us a child is born. This particular promise, this one's for me. This is mine. This is yours. God will fulfill and has fulfilled his promise. The promise of Jesus is meant for every single one of us today. Look at Luke chapter 2, verse 10. But the angel assured them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news, which will bring great joy, here it is, to all people. This promise is for us. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 reminds us that every single promise that God ever made has been fulfilled through our long-awaited hope, our Messiah, 
Jesus Christ. In talking about promises, it was W.E. Vines that once said this, a promise is a gift graciously bestowed, not a pledge secured by negotiation. And I thought about that and I thought, wow, how often do we try to negotiate with God? God, if if you will just do this, then this is what I'm going to bring to the table. It's almost like we take a piece of paper and we write it down and we slide it across the table and say, God, what do you think about that? But can I just tell you the promise that he's made for us, for unto us a child is born? It has nothing to do with what you bring to the table. Doesn't matter how big that promise is that you write on that piece of paper and slide across the table. The fact of the matter is, Jesus has come for you. God made it happen. He fulfilled that for you and for you and for you and you and you and why? Because God so loved the world. I don't know where you are spiritually this morning. I don't know if you've ever accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I don't know if maybe, maybe you did years ago and you've just been kind of doing the church thing and going through the motions. Can I just tell you that God has something so much greater for you He's ready to offer you so much more today. Your long-awaited hope is here. Would you pray with me today, God? I pray right now for every person in this room. I pray that you will speak into our lives right now. search us. Lord, help us to grab a hold of who you are, what you've come to be. Our wonderful counselor, our mighty God, our everlasting Father, our Prince of Peace. Lord, you've come to be all those things and so much more for us you love us. I pray for every person in this room right now. Lord, help us to relinquish control and give it to you right now. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, you're here today and you say, Pastor, I I don't have Jesus in my life. I haven't asked him to come in and forgive me, but today I realize that this promise is for me. And the good news is, as I share with you almost every week, the Bible's clear that if we confess our sins to Him, He's faithful, He's just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness, all the wrong that we've ever done. This promise 
it's fulfilled through Jesus Christ. You're here today and you say, Pastor, I want today to ask Jesus to come into my life. If that's you, would you raise your hand all across the house? Yes, there's one. Come on, is that you? All across the house. Is that you today? There's two. Other others? I feel impressed to pray corporately right now. Normally I'll have you come forward and a prayer partner pray with you, but I really feel impressed that we're supposed to do this. Would you repeat this prayer after me today all across the house? Dear Heavenly Father, I ask you right now, forgive me. I admit I've messed up. I've made some wrong choices. I've done the wrong things. But I know you love me. I know you gave your life for me. I ask you right now to come into my life to forgive me of my sins to make me brand new in you I give you control I'm tired God tired of trying on my own it's not working I need you thank you for your love thank you for your forgiveness thank you for coming into my life in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. If you just pray that prayer, maybe for the first time, maybe you're returning to him. I want, I want to say congratulations. That was the greatest decision you can ever, ever make in your life. Pastor Luke is going to be standing up here at the end of the service. I want to encourage you, leave your seat as we're exiting. Come find Pastor Luke. He's got some incredible information for you. want to give you a Bible and some other things. Second question is this. You're here this morning. You say, Pastor, I really haven't connected with who God truly is. I haven't allowed him to be wonderful, to be my counselor, to be my Prince of Peace, to be my everlasting Father. I haven't, I haven't allowed him to truly be everything in my life. But this Christmas season, I'm all in. I'm ready to give him everything. If that's you, would you raise your hand today? several hands would you stand with me across the house prayer partners if you will come line the front of the room if you raise your hand or you're wanting to respond today maybe you've got a need in your life you've got something you want to pray about I'm going to ask you to leave your seat to find one of our prayer partners as we spend the next few moments in prayer and worship and then we'll dismiss come on here we go